tonight, I, uh, I want to talk to y'all, to this particular crowd here this evening, um, about God's love for us and how much He truly does love us. And <clears throat> we know that God's love for us takes us where? Where does God's love for us, where, where does it take us to? Where does God's love take us? Well, it takes us to heaven, but the first place that we have to go to, since I'm fishing, and, and I know what, I thought I heard some talking. <laughs> um, okay, his mic was, <laughs> his, you know, God's love for us takes us to the foot of the cross, or it takes us to the cross first. Uh, you know, so whenever we look at this and we think about God's love for us, uh, just really quick, in your life, where has God's love taken you other than the foot of the cross? Marcus? Mm, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Anybody else to this church family? Okay, all right. Uh, but what is a specific place that in your life uh, you know, that you know that God has taken you there. Mm. Okay. Mm. So there was a point that you knew him, you left him, and then he brings you back to that point. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and I believe that's true. I believe that God's love will take us into a ministry. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, God's love will take us to a specific person. And, uh, you know, I will, brownie points, April the 9th. 1988, I said I do to the loveliest woman in my life, uh, to my wife, uh, you know, Peggy, and I know that God's love brought me to her. Yeah, yeah. So in God's love bringing us to the cross, there's three passages of scripture that I want us to take a look at tonight. Matthew chapter 27, verse 45. Matthew 27, beginning with verse 45. And whenever you find that one, place your finger there and go to Mark chapter 15, verse 33, beginning with verse 33. Mark 15, beginning with verse 33. And I know you have five fingers on each hand, so you got ten fingers, okay? So then you can turn to Luke chapter 23, verse 44. Luke 23, 44. So do we have them? If you have them all and you have them marked, go back to the first one. Matthew chapter 27. And whenever you have it, look up at me so I can, and I'll read it for you. All right. Matthew chapter 27, beginning with verse 45. It says, at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. About three o'clock, Jesus called out, with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabbatai, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. 
At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. Began right there, ended right there at the beginning of verse 52. So then let's look at Mark. Mark 33. In Mark 33, it says this, At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus shouted out with a voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama, that same saying, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes and takes him down. Then Jesus utters another loud cry and breathes his last. A certain centurion in the sanctuary of the temple, or I'm sorry, and the curtain, not a centurion, and the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So these two passages of scripture match up really close, right? Okay, so let's look because we still, there's still something that we need to see. So let's go and let's turn to Luke chapter 23. In Luke chapter 23, we will begin with verse 44. Luke 23, verse 44. By this time, it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. So we see here, Luke skips the first part. He skips the part about where Jesus says that God has abandoned him. Let me ask you this and let me kind of bring this about and let's talk about this. Uh, you know, because this part about God abandoning Jesus if we think about it and we go back, we have to understand that the Trinity, although they are separate, they're still one. So whenever Jesus was hanging on the cross, God was there on the cross and the Holy Spirit was there on the cross because they're all one. So how does God abandon someone that he is on the cross with? Scholars, some scholars say that, you know, that God cannot look upon sin and because God can't look upon sin... At that particular time, he had to turn his back on Jesus because Jesus bore all of the sin of the whole world, of all of the people prior to him, all the people that was there with him, and all the sin of the people that was to come after him. They were all poured out upon Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Whenever you sin, do you feel close to God? No. Scripture tells us that God will never leave us nor forsake us. But yet, whenever we sin, we feel abandoned. We feel that God has left us. Therefore, God really, truly never leaves our side. 
He is always there waiting for us to repent of our sins. Jesus is feeling the separation or the anxiety of separation because of the human factor of Jesus having all of the sin of all of creation poured out upon him. Therefore, he felt that God Almighty had left him and had deserted him. The same way that we feel that God has left us and deserted us whenever we sin and wherever we're walking in disobedience to God. Those are the moments and times in our lives that we feel that God has left us. But let me let you know, God never leaves us. God will always be there. But if you're still struggling on whether or not God can look upon sin, let's go back and let's look at all of the Old Testament where God was with Adam and Eve and he was the first one that was there after they ate of the fruit. God looked upon their sin and he provided for them. He provided a you know, garment for him, correct? All of the sin all the way through the Old Testament, the Israelites sinning, the Israelites worshiping false idols, God was still there and God still saw all of the sin that they did. Their separation and our separation from God is only out of the utterance and the feeling that we have because we have disappointed God Almighty. Because God created us to have this relationship with Him and we are living a life full of sin which is causing that separation. It's causing the fact that we have disappointed the one that created us to have that relationship with Him. As Christians, we come to this realization you know, that we're lost and we know that we have to have forgiveness of our sins to be able to have that right relationship with God. And whenever we ask for the forgiveness of sin and we have that right relationship with God, and then we still depart from that right relationship because something else is flashing and caught our desire and our mind out here, we straggle and we go over here and we see this. But God never leaves us. He never leaves us. I, I believe that God never left Jesus on that cross. It's the weight of the sin of Jesus that Jesus bore upon himself that created that human separation because of disappointment. So let's take this to something that we can possibly uh, you know, understand it maybe even a little bit better. And let's look at our spouse. If we do something that we know that our spouse wouldn't approve of and we come together, do we feel as close to them as we did before we did what we know they wouldn't have wanted us to do? But there's that awkward feeling, right? That's just like breaking up with a girl and then having to go out on a date with her because it was already preset. Have y'all never had that? Oh, okay. I, I did. I, I did. You know, one of those school dances, uh, you know, I broke up with her two or three days and I already had the ticket, so I wasn't about to waste the ticket. So, but that's that awkward feeling. You know you did something wrong. They know that you did something wrong. And there's tension that's there. 
It's not tension from God. It's tension from us. God doesn't create it because God loves us. And God wants to have that right relationship with us. He doesn't want that distance. Oh, but wait a minute. What does Jesus do for us? I really like this. So I'm going to try to build this up. Can you, can you, feel, the, can you feel the spirit moving? Because this is, this is the big thing right here. This is really big for us. Okay? Because whenever we look at Luke chapter 3, what does Luke chapter 3 say to us? Luke chapter 3 talks about whenever it's dark and then it says that the curtain was torn. And then what does Jesus say? Jesus says, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. The same God that he just cried out to that said that you have abandoned me. Where have you gone? Why have you left me? Why have you forsaken me? Whatever translation you wanted to have. Jesus is saying you're no longer here. And then in his last breath, his very last breath, he says, I trust you enough that I am going to give you my spirit. Do you see this? Jesus says, I love you so much that I am going to trust God, my Father, enough that even though I feel that He has abandoned me because of all this sin that is on my life right now, all of this bad stuff that has came upon me, I still trust Him that He is exactly where I left Him, right here by my side. He has never left me. He will never leave me. He will never leave you. His love brings us to the cross, but Jesus' trust in Him never lets us be separated from Him ever again. Because He said, even though you're gone, even though I don't feel you're there, I know you're there. And this is how much that I know you there. I'm going to let you have my spirit. I'm going to give it to you because I know you. I know your love for me. I know you. You know, there's other things in our lives that create separation. Anxiety creates separation. Stress creates separation. Dare I say it, longevity can create separation. God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Jesus Christ said, regardless of what you feel, trust Him. Trust His love. Trust His mercy for you. Trust Him. He said, I trust Him. Even though I don't feel that He's there, I trust Him with my spirit. I trust Him with my all. The longer we're here on this earth, the longer we have to struggle with all the stress, the longer we have to fight this battle, the longer we have to be here. Wow. God says, trust me, because every promise that I have given to you will come true. I have never left you. I will never leave you. I will provide for you. I will give you everything that I told you that I will give you. Trust Him. Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, gives us this perfect example right here. As He's on the cross... As the weight of the sin of the world is upon him, he still trusted his father. And what does Jesus do? Jesus gave him 
everything. Gave him his last breath. He said, I give you my spirit. And what did God give him in return? Life. What does he give us in return? Life. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He loves us. He will provide for us. He will protect us. He says, regardless of how you feel, trust in me. Trust in me. Give me your everything. Give me your last breath. Give me your stress. Give me your worries. Give me your anxieties. Give me everything. And I'll give you life. Life. Whew. Man. See, it's that kind of love that takes us to places that we can never imagine. It's that kind of love that gives us a life that we can't imagine. Now, I'm going to do this. I, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to open up the altar. I know that we're, we're all Christians. We're, you know, we're here on a stormy Sunday night. We're all Christians. We all believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We know God is here. We know that God hasn't left us. But you know, there's some times that we still need to say it. I give you my all. I will give you my last breath. And he says give you life tonight no music i'm gonna move out of the way because this altar should be full because we all should want that from god he wants us to give him here our all our last breath he'll give you life so this evening the altar is open gene's already on his way i want life i want to give you i will give you all that i have so that i can have life because I know that the life that you have for me is better than anything else. Regardless of the struggles that we're going through, your life is better than anything. Regardless of how long I've been here, I'm thinking, you know, I just thought about this. There's a lady in Mississippi that I buried her husband five years ago, six years ago. And she is longing to be with her husband in heaven. Even at that point, God's still saying, don't lose heart. Because I'm still God. Come to me. Give me your all. Dear Heavenly Father. God as we're all here. <laughs> the ones that have made it to the altar. The ones that still in the pews. You know God we say to you tonight. God that we trust you. We trust you with everything that we have. God we give you tonight. Our last breath. That everything that we do from this moment on is done through you because of the life that you give to us. You know, God, Paul tells us that the faith that we live in is the faith of Jesus Christ because he trusted you with everything that he had. And God, tonight, we trust you with everything that we have. God, we give you our struggles, we give you our stress. The anxiety. God, we give you the troubled waters that we live in. God, we give it all to you because we trust you. We trust that you will never leave us, that you will never forsake us. We trust that whenever you said that you would protect us, that you will protect us. We trust that whenever you said that you would provide for us, that you will provide for us. God, we trust that you said that whenever we ask for forgiveness and we believe in you, that you will forgive us of our sins and that you would save us. God, we trust you in that. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, 
tonight, God, we say those words. Tonight, we give you our last breath. In Jesus' name, amen.